This is Angel Insights brought to you by Syndicate Room. And for new listeners joining us today, this is the show that enters the world of angel investing to unveil their tips, tactics and strategies to achieve the best returns when investing in startups. And joining me today, I'm delighted to welcome Max Kelly, Managing Director of Techstars London. And for those of you that are not so familiar with Techstars, Techstars is the leading global ecosystem for entrepreneurs to bring new technologies to market and help to create the next generation of amazing startups. And and prior to joining Techstars, Max had a long background running innovation and entrepreneurship at Virgin. While there, he was responsible for the strategy of the group and for starting several companies, which eventually exited for over $500 million. Alongside his Virgin commitments, Max also co-founded LastSecondTickets.com, which had a successful exit in 2014. But now it's time to welcome the man himself. So without further ado, here is Max Kelly, Managing Director at Techstars London. Max, a huge pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, well, it's a real pleasure to be here. Now, I'd love to get the ball rolling by discussing you and, and your background. So where did it all start for you in the tech world? Ah, in the tech world. So that goes back a bit. I, uh, If you can see me, then you laugh, obviously. I started my career in hair care marketing. Uh, <laughs> not a hair on my head now. Uh, but then I actually went through the journey of the first dot-com boom. Uh, and the foot bust. Uh, I was at uh, I was at Boo.com when Boo.com and the European and actually the global crash happened. So that was a very interesting experience. And then I moved on to Racefish. When I left there, I went to Virgin, and my job at Virgin was starting up new companies. Uh, yeah, the first one was Virgin Mobile in the US, and that was awesome because it went from it went from zero to a billion dollars turnover in fourteen months. So talk me through that. How did you manage to scale up so quickly and so successfully? It was, it was a, it, it's actually a really simple thing. So in the US, they had pages, and the pages meant that people hadn't adopted mobile phones. So in Europe, we were at about two-thirds penetration of mobile, and in the US, it was about a third. So as Virgin Mobile, we did a deal with Sprint, who were an amazing partner. We then did another deal with Best Buy, and then we just kind of dived into the market and hung on, and uh, and it was just explosive market growth. So we were just right place, right time, and it was huge. And do you feel that hyper growth really prepared you for the world of tech stars? So yeah, so I then I did three more startups at Virgin, and I'd done a startup outside Virgin alongside what I was doing there. So. I think the thing that you know, the thing that I know really well is starting up companies, mm. and so I think that had prepared me particularly well for textiles. Even though I was so, the third company I started up was an umbilical cord stem cell bank, cryogenically freezing stem cells from the placenta. What a, what a weird one for Virgin! <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it meant I'd done some lots of different markets, but not necessarily particularly tech. So. Um, I knew startups really well. I didn't know tech well. So um, I've really enjoyed the kind of learning experience that I've been through Techstars um, over the last sort of 10 months and really understanding the London tech scene. It's been, it's been absolutely fascinating. And for those of our listeners that maybe aren't so aware of Techstars, can you give us a brief synopsis of what you do and your place in the market? Great question. So it's a three-month program for 
startups that are early stage, so either pre-seed or seed generally, although sometimes a little bit later. And it's a mentor-led program. It's a three-month program. The first month focuses on mentors and education. So we, the companies come in, we do some induction, and then they meet 80 mentors in the first month. So it's like speed dating with mentors. Um, and uh, it's incredibly powerful. If a company spends 20 minutes one-on-one with a mentor, they can get an enormous amount of that out of that session. If they do that 80 times... The compounded effect is enormous. And we also run what we call our mini-MBA, so areas where every startup needs to know. So whether that's branding or how to run a spreadsheet or how to to run your board. So we run a number of sessions, get a number of external people to come in. So that's the first month. And at the end of the first month, we marry up the companies with um, the mentors. And so each company has about somewhere between three and five mentors. And those mentors will spend an hour a week with the companies through the remainder of the program, so over the next eight weeks. So that's the first month. The second month moves into product market fit. So have they been drinking too much of their own Kool-Aid, or actually have they got a product that's going to work? Um, Assuming that they have or they're moving towards that, how are they going to get growth? So what are the KPIs in their business and how are they going to move through that? The third month is then all about the narrative of the business. So the culmination and what we use as kind of forcing factor is demo day. So 600 people in a room, half of whom are actual potential investors. Um, the companies get up and do a five-minute pitch. And those pitches tend to be extremely polished because the companies will have practiced in front of me with mentors coming in um, normally for every night for a month beforehand. So they get on stage and they're really polished. But getting that story is really important for recruiting great talent, for getting uh, great suppliers, great clients, and also for cohesion in the business, and obviously for fundraising as well. And you mentioned mentors there. Startups are often inundated with mentors nowadays. So how do you think startups can tell if a mentor really is right for them and and aligned with their company? So that's a good question as well. Um, I think one of the kind of textiles core values is give first. So what we're about is helping so often you'll hear someone from Texas saying how can I help and I think from a, an entrepreneur's point of view that's one of the things that's most important is is the person you're speaking to really on your side what what's driving them what's motivating them if they're generally there to help you that becomes very powerful it's not always necessarily the the smoothest of relationships if someone is quite challenging to you but actually you know that they're on your side then that's a really useful person and not everyone's ready to hear things that um, challenge their worldview, particularly if you're an entrepreneur. You have to kind of somewhat suspend disbelief, believing that you're going to be the people who are going to crack this market in a way that no one else has. If you find someone who's on your side but is going to kind of challenge you, then that's actually a really useful thing. I'd love to ask, in the, in the sea of a kind of emerging incubators and accelerators, how do you, at Techstars as a brand, aim to differentiate yourself from, from the plethora of other options that are available to startups nowadays? What's the kind of key sell? The key sell is, is, the, is the global reach of Techstars now. So we've got 23 programs running around the world. What that means is we've got a level of access across the globe to mentors, to entrepreneurs, to founders of our own co- you know, companies that have been through Techstars, uh, the, the investor network, the level, I was just doing some analysis um, the other day on the number of people who've invested across 
the textiles universe. And I think the number of individual investments is over 6,000 now. That kind of reach just allows any founder who comes in to textiles to be surrounded by great mentors, great advisors, a great investor community, which allows them to really build their business. We think we've got something special. It's kind of recognised by the market. The proof is ultimately in the pudding. Obviously, Textiles being an incubator and you being the MD of Textiles London, I'd love to hear what you think of Sam Altman's kind of post on incubator hopping and what your thoughts are on, on moving about between incubators. Do you think this is a good thing or a bad thing? Do you perceive it well or not of startups if they've come to you from several other incubators? I read, the, I read someone's commentary on that. Uh, on his on his blog, and it was basically saying clearly YC they they don't want to miss the the superstar company, uh, and if that superstar company is a superstar, then they may well have been through an accelerator somewhere else. So I think um, it, it's an interesting. I don't know whether it's strategic or not, but it, what 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 the underlying message might be apply to YC first. And that means YC will get a first look at everything. So I kind of respect that. <laughs> um, in terms of, if I think, put my founder's first hat on, does it make sense to do multiple accelerators or incubators? I think in certain circumstances it probably does, but not always. Uh, and I also think there's a kind of, some companies might be great at getting into accelerators, but actually not great at building businesses. And I think there's a certain point where you need to look yourself in the mirror if that's the case and say, am I doing the right business or am I the right person to be doing this entrepreneurial thing? I think there are, I mean, we had a, we had a couple. So one of our best businesses had gone through an incubator, um, Startup Yard and also Startup Wise Guys. They, if there's a, a company that's really exceptional, that's gone through a local incubator, but then really has the opportunity to stand on the world stage, actually, I think it can be a good, a good hop. But I don't necessarily think that it's right for everyone. And we mentioned YC there, and YC now have an immense batch now with a two-day demo day. So how many companies graduate from Techstars with every batch? I'm delighted you're asking me this, because this is a great question. It it reflects really well for us. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't set that up, to be fair. (laughs) There are 23 or so accelerators. It's expanding very rapidly. We'll probably have over 30 by the middle of the year. And each but each accelerator that we run has somewhere between 10 and 12 companies go through it. And each one of those accelerators has a managing director like myself. And what that means is, even, so, even though we'll see probably this year between 250 and 300 companies go through Techstars programs, they're not doing that in one single place. They're doing it in 23 locations around the world, often in conjunction with the kind of partners I meant, mentioned earlier on. What that means is they get a level of input and care and support wrapped around them that we think is very, very powerful. To some extent, you know, YC are an, you know, an amazing organization, but because they're in a single location, actually the more they scale the number of companies that are going through, the more difficult it is to maintain the quality. I think ours, because we're much more global in terms of footprint, means that we can maintain sourcing sourcing quality and also program quality. Do you think YC have maintained the quality? To be honest, I it's not really my place to, to comment on those guys. I think, as I say, they do a great job. I also understand that if you're in the top half or you're in the top quartile, you'll get an amazing amount of love. 
if you're not necessarily there, then maybe you know you're deprioritized. Within textiles, once we've made our decision and brought you in, then we've kind of made our bet. And one of our four values is founders first, and we know that it's not necessarily just a single rodeo. This is this is multiple times that these people might be coming back and doing multiple multiple startups. So. Really, and we have this thing called textiles for life. We once you're in the ecosystem, you're part of it. So I think we may have a little, a slightly different ethos, a different approach. And as the MD of one of the best accelerators in the world, you see everything on the side of startups. So what's the most common sector prospective startup companies are looking to enter, and and what's the least? I mean, fintech obviously in London is very very popular at the moment. Are you seeing a mass of fintech companies and a dearth of life science companies? What what does the the look it look like for you coming in? It, fintech is obviously exploding, and we, particularly with. Um, uh, with the Barclays accelerator that the textiles runs, mm-hmm. and and actually there's four, now four Barclays accelerators around the world: one in New York, one in Tel Aviv, and one in Cape Town. We're seeing a lot of fintech, obviously, in our in our little universe. If you look at other kind of verticals like that, you've got kind of fashion is reasonably strong. Historically, the advertising sector has been reasonably strong. But if you look at the the appetite for investment tends to be more investors are more comfortable with the kind of B two B plays. So SaaS is obviously very strong, as a, and that's not necessarily a vertical. That's a kind of more of the business model. <laughs> but one of the things is that you know with the with the evolution of of how to, how easy it is. So if I compare my days at Virgin when I was starting our companies to how easy it is to to start up companies now, you'll often see a number of companies that are, are starting a very similar niche. Uh, and that's one of the things that I think is very interesting is you, you actually can automate business process and you can go down to actually quite a quite a narrow niche within a market. And if you do that, you can play well and produce really nicely profitable businesses. So I think I, I, I'm seeing more of that. Oh, obviously, one of the other areas, which is uh, one of my areas of interest, is data and machine learning and AI. And there's a, there's a decent amount of that happening as well. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to see more of? Yeah, that's a good question. Clearly, cyber is a very interesting sector. Um, we actually, because we reach across all of Europe, you know, seeing some of those guys over in Tel Aviv, a little beyond the shores of Europe, but they, they're, they're doing some amazing stuff. It'd be nice to see some stronger stuff like that over mm-hmm. here. One of the other things that I've been observing is the quality of the engineering talent in the central and eastern parts of Europe is really strong. And finding ways of capturing that so that we've got more depth in the technical capability um, rather than some of the lighter businesses, that, that would be more powerful, I think, for some of the businesses that we see. And I'd love to talk about a crucial part of the equation now. You mentioned uh, startups pitching and demo days a bit earlier. And so we've got to talk about the funding for these startups uh, and the VCs and the angels. So how do they play a role in the process and how do VCs and angels kind of integrate with your network and process to get the most out of the demo days? Do they get exclusive access before the demo days? I've heard a lot of VCs say, um, I won't name names, but they say, if if I'm only seeing the companies on the demo day, then I'm doing my job badly. So how do they get access beforehand and make the most out of Techstars as a platform? So there's a, a number of different ways. So I've got a Techstars London fund. I have a number of investors in that fund. It's a relatively small fund. 
but they are involved in the selection process of the companies that I go through. So we'll, we'll normally have between 500 and 1,000 companies apply to textiles in London, and we'll choose 10 or 11. So the, you know, the, 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 the acceptance rate is somewhere between 1% and 2%. But what that, what that means is we see an enormous amount of deal flow. I involve, because it's really important, um, my, my investors in my fund into that process. That's beneficial for me, but it's also beneficial for them because they see the, the, the companies really early on. So that's one way that people get involved. The second is a number of angels and also the VCs come in and mentor. So as I said, uh, we, we, have a, we actually have a very broad pool of maybe 150 to 200 mentors in our broader pool. But our, in that first month, we involve 80 and there, there will be some angels and some VCs who are taking a quick early look. And then sometimes, the, particularly if they're angels and, and they really like a company, they'll, they'll mentor through the program and stick with one or two companies. And that allows them to do about the best due diligence they can possibly do because they spend uh, a decent amount of time helping the companies, but also they see how they operate and they see how the market is developing there. And, and so by the time they get to demo day, they kind of they know a lot, and and if the if the company is raising, then they will have probably had the conversation. Mm-hmm. The final thing that we do before demo day, we just tried this last last year, and it, it seemed to be going extremely well. Was we had something called our investor lunches, so we had a handful of lunches where we invited some investors um, from the investor community and and said, look, come and spend some time with the CEOs one on one, and so we had our. Uh, 11, C, 11 or 12 CEOs and the same number of investors over a period of four days so that the, the companies and also the investors got to spend some quality time together. So a number of different ways that people get involved. And uh, as you say, Demo Day is an amazing event, but it's also great to have seen the companies beforehand. And I'd love to dive into a quick fire round now where I say a short statement and then you give me your immediate thoughts. You go for it. You go for it. Well, thank you. Uh, your favourite book and why? It's Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Oh, it's on my to-do list. Uh, it's an incredibly difficult book, but I read it whilst I was sailing across the Atlantic about 15 years ago. And that was a journey that I was on. And then the whole of the book is about a journey. So it was. it's just the kind of resonance around what I was doing at the time. And then the second seed round is all we seem to hear on the show. Uh, the rise of the bridge round, the pre-seed, not pre-seed, pre-series A. As I said, the second seed. Good, bad, common, not common. What are your thoughts on it? Are you fed up of it? Uh, I think it can be good. It can be bad. <laughs> it really depends on where the company is. Uh, I think it's getting more common. I, I spoke to an investor last night, actually, who cited it as the time of most opportunity to invest. What do you think of that? Because well, you get a decent valuation yeah. and more product market fit analysis. Uh, it depends on where that company is. So it depends why they're bridging. If they're bridging because they actually ultimately won't get to a Series A, and I've seen figures that say that of the people who raise a seed round, about 35% will go on to raise a Series A. If they are one of those who will go and do that, and actually they just need some help, then it seems like a good idea. If they are struggling and will always struggle, then whatever valuation you're coming in at, it doesn't make sense. And what would you like to change about the fundamental workings of Techstars today? Uh, I, I think it's an amazing programme. 
I also really like the 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 values that textiles has, and I think actually pushing that out more into the community, so raising textiles awareness, and also this being a great way to do business, so supportive, collaborative, you know, giving first, founders first, all of these things, rather than the apprentice, you're hired, you're fired bullshit, which I'm not a massive fan of. I just don't think that's a good way to do business. So I'd like to push the awareness and the kind of the understanding of textiles, which I also think benefits the entrepreneurial community. Your most used app on your phone and why? Okay, so I've got a few. I've got a couple here. So obviously, City Mapper, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Voxer is a great way to communicate. Mm-hmm. But the the two that are kind of um, more kind of lifestyle ones. One is Headspace, which mm-hmm. I've Andy Puddicum. Yeah, love it. What a soothing voice. Oh. Um, I've been using it for best part of a year, and I've been. I've got. I'm on a run now of like over a month every day. So that's awesome. The other thing, which is not an app, but I'm going to plug it anyway because I love it, is this exercise and nutrition regime called Kenzai. I did it two years ago. I got the fittest I've ever been in my life. It's an awesome program, and I'm doing a kind of Kenzai 2 at the moment, and I will be more fit than I've ever been in my life in about um, two and a half months, and uh, I highly recommend it. Kenzai is in K-E-N-S-A-I? Z-A-I. Z-A-I dot com? Dot com. Awesome. And then the favourite blog or newsletter, what are your must-reads? Okay, so on that, um, CB Insights. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, a weird one, which I think was recommended in CB Insights, actually, but I there's a thing called The Daily Shop, and it's kind of macro and microeconomics across the world. That bit I'm not so interested in, but at the bottom of it, every day, if you click in into the newsletter, they've got food for thought at the bottom, and it's basically a bunch of stats about the world, and it is just so kind of mind-expanding. So that's the second one. And then the third one is um, Azim Azar's Exponential View. He He's a guy who I actually went to university with. He's been in this space for years and years and years, and he curates a list of just fantastic stuff. And I comes out on Sunday mornings, and it'll take me... <laughs> Is, there's a lot of reading that he must do because there's a lot of stuff that's really good in there. This is a hard one because I know what you're going to say. You're going to say I can't choose between my children. But a textiles company from the latest batch that you are very excited about, not most excited about, but very excited about, and, and why? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat this question and say, you, you know, you want to know why I choose really good companies, and that's we're choosing on people our thing is people, 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 market traction idea. So our whole thing, our whole thesis around people, and I know that's no answer to your question, but um, I'm just going to use the opportunity anyway. No, <laughs> yeah, why not? No, fair enough. I'm not going to argue with you, but, but uh, thank you so much for giving out the time today to come on the show. It's been absolutely fantastic chatting to you and hearing more about the textiles process. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for, thanks for your time.
Again, I'd like to say a huge thanks to Max for giving up his time today to appear on the show, and it was absolutely fantastic to hear about the amazing work going on at Techstars. And if you're loving Angel Insights, then head on over to www.syndicateroom/learn, where you can find all our Investor Academy material. And also, we'd like to remind you before we leave today that early stage investing is risky. Therefore, please ensure that you engage in the proper due diligence prior to making the investment. Thank you so much, and it's been. An absolute pleasure.